podcast from Hope Church Gainsborough. For more information, visit www.hopechurchgainsborough.co.uk. If you'll remember, we're continuing our journey through Jesus' ministry here on earth. We've seen so much to this point. We've seen Jesus heal the sick. We've seen Jesus raise people back to life. We've seen him have control over nature, all sorts of miracles. And really, now at this point, the conclusion has to be that Jesus is no ordinary man. We've already seen that he is the son of God. He's God in flesh. He is no ordinary man. But we have to take a step in order to put that into action into our lives. Because the truth is that some pin him as a good man. Some pin him as a prophet. But we have to decide where we stand. Is he just a good man? Is he a prophet or is he in fact the very son of God? Is he God in flesh? We have to, we have to want to make the decision. And really we have to realise that as Romans 3 and verse 23 tells us that for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God, that we have to make a decision where we place Jesus because he's either the one who deals and has dealt with sin and death or he is a good man and a prophet, and I'm in a bit of a pickle. So the question today will be, as Jesus is going to ask this man that we're going to see today, who isn't well, Jesus is going to ask him, do you want to get well? And that's the question for you and I today. Do we want to get well? In today's account, this is the 17th miracle that Jesus has performed during his ministry so far. We see a man who's been incapacitated for 38 years. We don't know how and we don't know what happened, but nevertheless, this is how we find him. And what he does is he is by this healing pool, this pool in Bethesda, where it is believed that as the waters are stirred, that if you're the first in the water, then you'll be healed of your ailment. This is something that's almost legend. It's a it's a mythical place that if I get into this pool, then it will heal me. The fact of the matter is, it wasn't the case. And Jesus is going to just deal with that and go straight to the point. Jesus is going to cut through all of what the world is saying and he's going to go straight to the man's heart. Now, he's going to do exactly the same with us today. He's going to cut through all of what the world is saying and he's going to go right to your heart. He's going to ask you today, do you want to get well? He's going to ask you, you may have been looking, you may have been searching, you may have just been attending online physically in a building over the years, he's going to ask you, do you want to get well? And we're going to have to make a decision because that is pivotal to the next step. So let's have a look. John chapter 5 and verse 1 through 15. I've got my Bible in front of me. Uh, The words will be on the screen in front of you if you haven't got a Bible on you. And it says this, 
Some time later, Jesus went up to Jerusalem with one, uh, for one of the Jewish festivals. Now, there is in Jerusalem, near the Sheep Gate, a pool, which in Aramaic is called Bethesda, and which is surrounded by five covered colonnades. Here, a great number of disabled people used to lie, the blind, the lame, the paralysed. One who was there had been an invalid for 38 years. When Jesus saw him lying there and learned that he had been in this condition for a long time, he, he asked him, do you want to get well? Sir, the invalid replied, I've no one to help me into the pool when the water is stirred. While I'm trying to get in, someone else goes down ahead of me. When, then Jesus said to him, get up, pick up your mat and walk. At once the man was cured, he picked up his mat and walked. The day on which this took place was a Sabbath. And so the Jewish leaders said to the man who had been healed, it is the Sabbath, the law forbids you to carry your mat. But he replied, the man who made me well said to me, pick up your mat and walk. So they asked him, who is this fellow who told you to pick up your mat and walk? The man who was healed had no idea who it was, for Jesus had slipped away into the crowd that was there. Later, Jesus found him at the temple and said to him, see, you are well again. Stop sinning or something worse may happen to you. The man went away and told the Jewish leaders that it was Jesus who had made him well. Let's just pray. Heavenly Father, we just want to thank you for your word. And we just pray today that you would just speak into our hearts, that, Father, that we would just understand our position. Father, we would be ready to make that decision, to know and to understand who you are, who Jesus is, and, Father, our position before a holy God. We just pray that you would just be with us, that you would comfort us, that you would strengthen us. Father, that you would just speak to us today. We ask these prayers in Jesus' precious name. Amen. So Jesus is in Jerusalem for one of the Jewish festivals and it's as we've just seen it's the Sabbath. Now the Sabbath was a day that was specific because the Lord say, uh, said remember the Sabbath day and keep it holy. It's a command and what had happened is the Jews had made so many laws around this, so many rules and regulations that actually on the Sabbath that the, the a normal person that nobody you couldn't do anything you couldn't go out and do something whether it was pick up something off of the floor whether it was pick a, a a piece of barley or a piece of wheat out of the field and and here in this instance to pick up his mat and walk out you you couldn't do anything if it was considered work they they made it so religious that they missed the whole point God had said, remember the Sabbath day and keep it holy in order for us to set a day aside to make sure we remember, to make sure we worship, to set the clock back to zero so that we can start the week with God in his rightful place as number one. That was the point. But they made it so religious, they made it so binding that it was almost impossible to keep this law that they put in place. Jesus gets in this moment to a pool called Bethesda and he sees a man amongst many others I'm sure who was incapacitated unable to move we learn from verse 5 that he's been this way for 38 years I turned 36 this last week I know it's hard to believe 
um, but I did. Um, <laughs> and that's my lifetime and some. He's been this way for 38 years. He's been going, uh, he's been sat by the pool. He's been waiting for the waters to stir. But every time he tries to get in when the waters are stirred, somebody beats him to it. Now, in the story, he doesn't berate those that are, are getting into the pool before him, but he just understands or he believes his time hasn't yet come. Jesus is going to cut through all of this urban legend, if you like, all of this mythical mystery, and he's going to go direct to the source of the problem. He's going to go to the heart of the man. He's going to say to him that actually, my friend, you are missing the point. You are sat, you are in the presence of the healer. As Jesus finds out the detail of the man's story, he then asks him, so this guy who's been at this pool, he's been waiting to get in, he's been waiting to be healed. Jesus asks him, do you want to get well? Now, straight off the bat, if, if we just stopped it there and I said to you, what do you think? Well, the answer would be, well, of course he does. He's at the pool. He's waiting to get in. He just can't get there before anybody else gets in. But it's such an important question. It's so pivotal. Do you want to get well? Do you want to get well? And then we can think about it in our own situation. You know, attending church watching church online, as we've been doing for this past year almost, reading a Bible, praying, maybe our upbringing, our status, maybe the flag on our passport makes us think that perhaps that makes us a Christian. But the truth is, that none of that makes us a Christian. All of what I've detailed there, none of it makes us a Christian. Remember Romans 3.23, which says, for all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. There is something that has to happen for us to get from this position to be in a relationship with God. Don't think today that just because you were brought up in a Christian home, maybe you were brought up in a Christian country, in inverted commas, maybe uh, because you've attended church, maybe because when it needs to happen, you pray because you feel that's the right thing to do. Maybe you've got a Bible and every now and again you pick it up and you have a look. None of that makes you a Christian. Uh, as much as maybe living near an airport, seeing planes taxi down the runway, seeing them take off, seeing them fly, seeing them land, and then you get on a plane to go somewhere to travel and assume then that you're the pilot. Well, you're not. Oh yeah, but I've seen it. I've, I've been involved with it. But it doesn't make you a pilot. And neither would they let you fly the plane. And exactly is the same here. In no way does this make you a Christian. Jesus asks the man then, he says, do you want to get well? Do you want to get well? God's asking us the same question today. Jesus is saying to you today, do you want to get well? Well, I'm tuning in, aren't I? Yeah? Brilliant. 
I've got a Bible in front of me. Fantastic. But the question still remains, do you want to get well? Do you want to get well? The man had to want to get well. Do you today want a relationship with God? Do you want to get to that position where your old life is done with and you can step into the new life that God has got in store for you? Well, if you do, then something has to happen. You have to say sorry for the sin in your life. You have to realise that before a holy God, you are a sinner. Remember, for all have sinned and fall short. So you are in that all. I am in that all. And we have to get to a point where we say, Lord, I am sorry for the sin in my life. Please forgive me for my sin. Please come into my heart and change me from the inside out. Lord, I want to follow you. Lord, I want you to be Lord of my life. That's a decision that we have to make. God's asking the same question. Do you want to get well? And if we do, and we're willing to take that step, then God will do the rest. How do I know he'll do the rest? Well, have a look with me, if you will, back into our portion of scripture at verse 8. Then Jesus said to him, get up, pick up your mat and walk. At once the man was cured. He picked up his mat and he walked. You have to do that. You have to want to get well. And then you have to pick up your mat and you have to walk. You have to get up. You have to say that I am his. He is mine. It is time for me. God will do what needs to be done. The moment we ask Jesus into our heart is the moment we receive the Holy Spirit and we're able to step into tomorrow knowing that we're not on our own, knowing that God is fighting for us, knowing that he is fighting our battles, that he's with us. The word says he'll never leave us nor forsake us, that we are his. But we have to get up and we have to get on. And God has got it all in control. The man did just that. He got up, he took his mat and he left. And the mat's significant because we see in verse 9 and 10 that it's significant because it means that Jesus is breaking through the religious boundaries too. In this moment, Jesus doesn't miss an opportunity to make sure that he cuts through the religious boundaries that are so hindering to the Jewish nation. Jesus uses this opportunity to cut through all of that. And we see then that the man chooses a relationship over religion. He listens to Jesus he picks up his mat and he leaves. Now, we know that as we go through the story that the man didn't actually have an idea who Jesus was. He was just so overwhelmed with the moment that this man in front of him had healed him, that he'd taken his mat and he'd gone. But of course, now he's got his mat under his arm and he's moving along. The, the Jewish leaders are saying, well, why are you carrying your mat? Well, I've just been healed, right? Who healed you? Who told you to carry your mat? Oh, well, I don't know. 
It's the oddest thing, isn't it? You see, because religion can blind us from the relationship with God. The religion can blind us actually from what God has set in motion. We don't have a series of prayers that we must say. We don't have a series of things that we must do. We don't have that religious life. It's not about religion. It's about a relationship with a saviour who loves us. It's about a relationship with a God who gave his very best for the very worst of us. It's not about religious duty. I love and I serve and I do, not because I have to, church, but because we want to. And that's the difference. I'm not doing it out of religious duty because if I don't, well, I might get struck down. No, I do it because I want to. I'm not trying to work my way to heaven. Paul talks into that as we see through his letters to the churches. He says, I am saved by grace, not by works. I can't work my way there. Religious duty is not going to get me there. God has done what needed to be done through the Lord Jesus Christ. I'm saved by grace, being given what I don't deserve. God has done just that for us. It's relationship over religion. He's not bound by the rules in this moment. This man is free from his paralysis. He's stepped into the next moments of his life. And we too, we have to ask Jesus into our heart in order to free us from our sin and our shame and our death sentence because of it. We have to ask God to help us and to guide us in that, that decision of choosing life. And then we have to realise that the chains have been broken, that I can step into tomorrow, not out of religious duty, but out of a relationship with a loving God. He calls us into a relationship and that is where our position is. Amen. Jesus later meets the man in the temple and he encourages him in the moment verse 14 he says to him see you are well again stop sinning or something worse may happen to you Jesus meets him and encourages the man to turn his life around to stop sinning Jesus has healed him from his physical ailment but more importantly to Jesus is the man's heart and Jesus gets the opportunity as he meets him in the temple to say to him, look, essentially that 38 years you've been incapacitated and it was bad. But you need to turn your life around. You need to stop sinning because an eternity apart from God, an eternity apart from hope, an eternity apart from love is far worse than anything you've experienced to this point. He's saying you need to stop sinning, you need to say sorry, and you need to step into tomorrow. And the same applies to you and to me. God has made a way for us through the Lord Jesus Christ. He's saying to you today, do you want to get well? And my prayer is that you do, that you're ready to take the step, that you're ready to ask Jesus into your heart, you're ready to say sorry. And when we do that, we can be absolutely certain that we will be freed from our sin and our shame. All that has gone before is done with. It's been dealt with on the cross. 
And as we accept Jesus into our life, we receive the Holy Spirit to help us to step into tomorrow, knowing that God is in control. Only Jesus can do this. Only Jesus can save us from our sin. The power of the cross can deal with sin and death for you and for me. The question is, what will it be? Do you want to get well? Do you want to get well? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we just want to thank you once again for your word and Father, for the power that we see here as Jesus cuts through all the religious noise to cut to the man's heart. And he asks the man, do you want to get well? Father, today I pray that if there's anybody who's heard this word that doesn't yet know you as Lord and Saviour, that they would realise that they can find forgiveness. Father, they can come into a relationship with you. I just pray, Lord, that you would just, uh, your Holy Spirit would move and that lives would be changed today. We just thank you for your word once again and we pray, Lord, that you just continue to have your hand upon us to just be with us, strengthen us and bless us in these tough times, we ask. In Jesus' precious name, amen. This has been a podcast by Hope Church Gainsborough. For more information, visit www.hopechurchgainsborough.co.uk.